0: Morning.
1: Thank you, everyone, for um, coming to sit together. Even though I know in some cases it doesn't feel as together as we'd like it to feel, I just wanted to talk a little bit about. Um, we started a practice period last night and. Um, one
0: thing I just want to start out with is is something Dogen says about a practice period. But then I want to talk mostly about with you actually. I want to hear your thoughts
1: um about the theme of this practice period. Meet the world
0: as sangha. But um something I'll just read from Dogen first about the practice period which as you all know is usually 90 days. And before I say this, I wanna say there's one phrase in here, an inch of grass has not appeared for 10,000 miles. I just wanna say something about what that is. It refers to this case, case 89 in the um, Book of Serenity, where um, grasses are referred to as phenomena or phenomena as grasses. And um, a grass not appearing for 10,000 miles sometimes is a way of talking about the recognition of the emptiness of phenomena or the impermanence of phenomena, or the ephemeral and nature of, of of reality. So so that phrase is in here, this phrase of an inch of grass has not appeared for 10,000 miles. The rest, I think, is relatively straightforward for Dogen. Um, The structure of the 90-day practice period provides our support. It is the head and face of Buddhas and ancestors. It has been intimately transmitted as their skin, flesh, bones, and marrow. You turn the Buddha ancestors' eyes and heads into the days and months of the 90-day practice period. Regard the whole of each practice period as the whole of the Buddhas and ancestors. From top to bottom, the practice period is Buddha ancestors. It covers everything without an inch of land or a speck of earth left out. The summer practice period is an anchoring peg that is neither new nor old, that has never arrived and will never leave. It's the size of your fist and takes the form of grabbing you by the nose. When the practice period is opened, the empty sky cracks apart and all of space is dissolved. When the practice period is closed, the earth explodes, leaving no place undisturbed. When the koan of opening the practice period is taken up, it looks as if something has arrived. When the fishing nets and birds' nests of the practice period are all thrown away, it looks as if something has left. However, those who participated intimately in the practice period have been covered with opening and closing all along. An inch of grass has not appeared for 10,000 miles. So you might say, give me back the meal money for those 90 days. (laughs) (laughs) so it 's um, it 's something that 's very meaningful that brings us together it 's something that isn 't here at all it binds us it um, in a time when it 's difficult to um, feel bound together and we 're always feeling the opening and closing of the gate the opening and closing of our hearts the opening and closing of the sangha what we're missing what's present for us all of those things in dynamic relationship all of the time but the um the thing that i'm curious about is we have this um kind of provocative in the way in considering our moment that the um that the theme of this practice period is to meet the world as Sangha. In a time when the world is making it very difficult to meet together as Sangha. I think it's difficult to, um, to imagine what it is to meet the world as Sangha if we're not clear on how
1: to meet one another as Sangha. And so I think before
0: I want to say anything about this, this is a little break in form, but I want to hear how people are, or I'd like to, if you want to say something, and we won't, we'll just give a few minutes to this, but for those who feel really moved to say something in response to this, how are you feeling about Sangha right now? Yeah, you can just unmute yourself and say something, mindful of time, because I'm sure we have lots of feelings. But if you can boil those down to a few a sentence or two, and that's here, there, everywhere, how are we feeling about sangha, especially in light of this idea of meeting the world as sangha
1: in this time?
0: And don't feel pressured. If no one wants to speak, that's okay. But I want to give space for it.
1: Thank you, Kosan.
0: Yes.
1: Um.
0: Kristen. I'm just saying who it is for the folks here. If you could say your name, because the folks here have no idea who. Oh, yeah.
1: Sorry.
2: <laughs> Kristen. Um, I feel a, like, uh,
1: interesting combination of, um, a lonely yearning and a, um, vital, you know, uh, Life needing grounded connection that I'll I'll take in whatever way it comes. Hi, this is Flo, um, and I feel both a um, sadness and missing the bodies, these bodies that I've been practicing
2: with. And a deep trust in the intentions and practice of this Sangha.
1: Now it's coming to me as as I'm leaning in closer as Sangha. uh, meeting Sangha. A small, um, what came to me first was as small as an ant as Sangha. Um, And what it is for me is to um, just tiny details of everyday life, and also for me, especially because I'm really very intimate with my family right now, so for um, me really meeting my family member, including my new puppy, <laughs> as a song, a, sang- a whole of sangha.
3: I am Lisa. Um, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yes, I was also thinking of the word family and, and um, you know, I was thinking sometimes we walk away from family and sometimes we feel we're not as drawn to some members of the family as others. Some are <laughs> seem closer or something, but During a previous, like a previous Sit Zazen period, I was thinking, well, maybe I'll go to the monastery. There are this and that person there that I'm actually, I'd like to know more of. So it's like, um, I really, I think, thought of it as a family with some interesting uh, members that I'd like to know more about at this point. But, but the point of it is, Just like in a family, I have the certainty that I can turn towards this and that uh, my turning uh, will be welcome, the turning back or, like, turning to, because sometimes I turn away and live life. Okay.
2: This is Mimi, and um, I would like to talk a little bit about what Kosen referred to in his question about the difficult times that we live in and reflecting on the different layers and groupings of beings that we can consider Sangha. And then when we look at the political dimension of of our world, it's the politics that are divisive and that create that feeling of us versus them obviously that kind of separation is not part of sangha but we we live in that part of the world as well and it's it's very important for me to try to develop a sense of compassion for people who have different political values and try to restore some of the um, unity of the world through my practice. Hi, it's Michelle, um, and I just I miss everybody's bodies in four walls, um, or in a um, a yurt, <laughs> um, while also just a deep, a deep, deep gratitude for the support and the interconnectedness we have, regardless of that.
0: This is Henry. Um, I, I feel in a somewhat perverse way that the, in the same way that, that the aerosol of COVID in the air made us inevitably one body I also have felt with deep faith that Dharma can move through screens and make us one body. And that's been intensely meaningful to me. Maybe a comment or two more. And anyone here as well. This
1: is Anton. Um... I uh, have so much emotion in my chest right now. And um, I miss everybody who's not here intensely. Um, I would be lost, I think, without Sangha. And um, I just want everybody to know that doesn't apply only to the people I live with at the monastery. And I also felt that very strongly last night during the... um,
0: circle Thank you. So, I was um, considering this because I thought it was, I, it, it, it seemed when I thought about this, um, I wanted to hear from you because when I thought about um, what it is to speak on this notion of meeting the world as Sangha, we're meeting the world as Sangha in a time that is. Um, Difficult, but in some ways, awake, more awake, and um, more awake in that that um, shallow friendship doesn't quite cut it. Or I think for many of us, um, some of the things we did to to appease ourselves or to make it um distract ourselves or whatever it was I, I think we're finding that that it's it's fairly hard to distract ourselves in the current moment mm-hmm. spoke about the, the the political issues we had we have the situation with climate we have a sense of a very different world in our bodies and what's happening to all of us different speeds depending on where we are in the world And. Um, and it made me think about um, this term, Kalyanamitra, which is spiritual friend in for Buddhists. It's the Buddhist word for spiritual friend. And um, what Kalyanamitra is—that is distinct from how we understand often understand friendship. And what Sangha, and what maybe it is that um, is missed. I mean we miss community. I miss all of us together. You know I last night I found myself missing the big giant 70 person circle in the and where we had to walk all the way across the zendo to hit the thing in the middle. That was that was in my um that was in my heart last night. But the thing about that that ritual was everybody each person standing up as a dharma practitioner and um bringing themselves into the world from that place and all of us witnessing each other bringing ourselves into the world from that place and supporting each other in that so this this word kalyana mitra mitra is is friend it comes from Mitta. it's the same it's related to metta but it's um it's about friendship, but the word the root kalya, this is the this is the thing that kind of describes the friendship. Because what I'm wondering for myself, for all of us, what it is for Sangha to be together, what is the thing that knits it together in these times? And Kali has this, it's the the way it's translated is in a lot of ways. I'm just going to read a bunch of them. Ready, prepared, healthy, vigorous. Free from sickness, wise, dexterous, pliant, auspicious in speech and discourse, counseling, exemplary, cautionary, instructive and monitory, sound in character, virtuous, acting meritoriously, free from mental or bodily imperfections. That's quite high. <laughs>
1: um,
0: and timely and seasonable. Timely and seasonable. So being living in a timely way, living in a way that so maybe bringing all of these other aspects like the, the like good advice that's timely and um, friend is kind of I, I was like okay I'm going to look up what Webster says about friend they basically say one attached to another by affection or esteem a favored companion one attached to another by affection or esteem a favored companion. Now, there may be a lot of things that attach us to each other. Um, Some of them quite karmic or not particularly wholesome. We have affection sometimes for people who just tell us what we want to hear. So there's lots of reasons that we might form friendships. But this Kalyanamitra, this kind of friendship, is different. It's a friendship that is, is about someone being... Um, spiritually present with us. Not necessarily telling us what we want to hear. And so what knits together sangha, I was kind of feeling into what knits together sangha and um, and strengthens it. Because we're in a time, I feel this, I feel deeply in this moment, sangha is what's giving me my strength right now. In this moment. And the whole of the sangha, everybody, showing up, everyone I speak with. Because this collective intention is, is is what, for me, is what's strengthening. My intention alone just is not strong enough. And certainly if we're looking at what we're looking at in our current situation. So I was thinking, okay, so what is it that we do? We show up. I and mean, that's the first thing is we show up we show up for each other. We show up as a community. We have to understand at some level, Sangha in some ways doesn't work unless we understand that our showing up is not for ourselves, but it's for the whole of the Sangha. If we understand our showing up is only for ourselves, then we, I mean, and that's where it starts and that's fine. But if we understand our showing up is only for ourselves, the Sangha is a weak collection of individuals. It's not very stable and it's not particularly strong. But if we understand our showing up is for each other, that, we're, that I'm showing up for your awakening, that I'm showing up for, um, for the
1: whole of this community and the whole of the world, to wake
0: up to separation so we can shift our course, hopefully then um, that's a different strength. And if everybody's showing up, if I know everyone's showing up and including me, and I know that, that they're showing up and including me and they're showing up, then there's a humility that hopefully I'll be encouraged to bring because everybody's showing. It's a little embarrassing that everybody has to show up for me to make sure that I show up because I can't do it on my own. So there's there's a humility that comes with knowing that everyone's showing up for me. And there's a generosity and humility in showing up for everyone else. And there's a structural integrity in that um, everyone showing up for each other in this way. But it's a time that it's hard to show up. It's not easy to show up on these computers all the time. And, and, and we have to all become, feel deep compassion for that. I've just been thinking a lot about because this is a this is a this is a difficult time in a historic way. And I think that's something that is um you know a pandemic is something that is a difficult time that people remember in years to come. And so it makes me think about the difficult times that our ancestors in in the Buddha Dharma lived through when there were wars that were crushing their entire nation. And um, they were figuring out how to transmit the Dharma. And that's been giving me the, 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 the way that they showed up, even though they didn't have me particularly in mind, the way that they showed up in those times that allowed the Dharma to come forward is what allows me to show up now and that 's very real that 's no longer an interesting metaphor that 's no longer something to um, to just kind of make us enthusiastic as we leave um, as we leave a relatively nice temple in the city that 's a real inspiration now in a time that needs those kinds of inspirations and so to take um, Deep grounding in the way the Buddha ancestors showed up to bring this forward, no matter what was happening, where they found that determination, where they found that inspiration, where they found that ground, where they found the effort and energy, where they found that compassion to keep coming. And sometimes those temples had four people in. That's okay. They came. And then another thing that I was um, thinking about with this, that there's the showing up. And then there's something we always talk about. Tia talked about endlessly, which is taking responsibility. Taking responsibility for our thoughts, for our practice, for our karma, for our side of things. To show up and to take responsibility for this one. So that when we're supporting each other, when we're showing up as spiritual friends for each other, we're showing up, both of us, on both sides of that spiritual friendship are showing up, taking responsibility for ourselves. This is nothing we haven't heard many, 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 many times, but it's the mortar of a sangha. That taking responsibility is what keeps the sangha together. The minute that we don't do that, the sangha weakens and falls apart. Has no strength. Has no spine. And so... We, we show up with that, and, and since since we've talked about that many, many times, I don't feel like I need to, to say a lot about what it is to take responsibility, except that it's hard. Um, it's extremely difficult to take responsibility for ourselves all the time. And hopefully that we can love each other when we can't take responsibility for ourselves, and we can lovingly encourage each other to take responsibility for ourselves. And to recognize that when we can't, it's because we can't. Not because there's some little person back there just not wanting to. And then the third thing that came to mind, there's four total. The third thing that came to mind was this thing that I talked about. I think I talked about this at the retreat. So maybe not online. Which was this idea of not colluding with each other. We're all bringing our karmic perspectives to life, to this life, all of us. And we're all um, kind of desperately wanting people to reinforce our own view. One thing I wrote down when I was thinking about what is separate self-activity, and this is just something I wrote down this morning when I was thinking about it. I wrote, the fundamental habit of all separate selves is to scan the world for occasions and behaviors that reinforce its perspective lock onto those, and then creatively persuade everyone else to collude with that position <laughs> in order to maintain confidence in a phantom permanence through a kind of manipulated agreement with each other. And we're kind of, we all are kind of doing that when we're not careful and when we're not paying attention. We're locking onto the are scanning the world for the stuff that supports our views. We're locking on to those things and we're doing our best to figure out how to persuade the people around us to agree with us so that we can keep believing in them. And sometimes we do that. We can not necessarily the people here, but sometimes we can do that quite violently. Seeing that in the world. So this, this, um, this not colluding when when we come to each other with our, Karmic stories and we just want people this might be what friends do if they if they're not kalyana mitra they might sit down and collude and that's their friendship i've had those friendships they start to fall away with practice but
1: they um they're not very
0: deepening and Sangha gives us this opportunity to have friendships. And they are hard at first. This, this aspect of Sangha is hard. Many, many, many people cannot survive it. A community that doesn't collude with our karma is a pretty difficult community to, to get through in the first few years. We have to have a vow to awaken that is very clear. And even if we think it is, we've all run into those moments where it's like, eh, I mean, maybe not that. And, and, and the things to kind of look out for in ourselves and, and as a habit of sangha is these, you know, these ways that we can be, which is ways that I've been in the past is like, I am the victim of every situation that's happening. Life is happening to me. I'm the victim of all of these situations. I'm telling the truth about it, and the world is what's wrong. I've been the truth telling savior that has it right in every situation. And some person in the community is the persecutor and has it wrong. A person, when, 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 I've been the person who's just entitled to stuff
1: and think that parts of the world just belong to me without even knowing that's what I think.
0: And when we see those things in each other, when those things crop up in a sangha, they're very dangerous if we collude with them. If somebody has the perspective that they are, if anybody has the perspective of their own righteousness within a sangha, and we kind of fall into con- collusion with that, and 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 it will happen, um, it gets dangerous very quickly because that spreads, spreads like a virus through the sangha. And so every moment when our current, when when our kind of unconscious karma comes up in relationship to each other. It's an opportunity to um, take responsibility, to show up and take responsibility and not collude in a way that allows there to be clarity. And that clarity, that awakeness, again, is what is going to make our sangha, whatever's going on, strong, supportive, nourishing. And nourishing, and, and in some ways, such a necessary kind of community in this time because this time is asking us to be very awake
1: there is too much happening for us not to be awake there's too much at stake
0: for us not to be awake there has always been but now it's gotten really clear i mean it's almost like we've been tapped on the shoulder for a while and now we're being bashed in the head and um
1: And so it, it I believe in my
0: bones this time, this this time needs communities committed to being awake and awake I was trying to think about there 's one more, but I want to say this quick I was trying to think about what what it feels when I say that word awake, what kind of awake i 'm feeling. Because we talk about that word all the time, but what does it viscerally feel like and two thoughts came to me two two experiences came to me: one was the times in my life where i 've been in a
1: the times the times in my
0: life i 've been in the situation where I was caring for a dying family member. And there's a moment
1: in that process where you're so awake and the rest of the world seems
0: ridiculous. Seems like it's just fumbling about the silly things that don't matter.
1: That clarity
0: at that moment when When suffering comes together with the immensity of life, because the thing about death and intimacy in that way is the suffering is there, but not just the suffering, the immensity of existence is there, the unknowability of existence, all the mystery, it's right there in the same breath, and it's in your ribs. And you're awake.
1: The other time it made me think of,
0: which was a very different situation, but ended up the similar thing when I was young, when I was in my 20s, I did a lot of labor organizing in in the Texas-Mexico border. And we would drive along the border from from Matamoros to Ciudad Acuna, which is about seven hours straight. But when you interrupt it, it took days because we were stopping at multiple places and we would sleep in the back of the truck and we would sleep on packed mud floors and 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 you get exhausted and you're seeing you're driving across and there's these 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 maquilas which are which are these shanty towns that are built around factories on the mexican side you're seeing them for miles everywhere and your body's taking this in and people are spending entire day's wages just to make a stew for you when you come and so you're getting gifts and you're, seeing, and you're witnessing suffering and there's dogs whose legs are curled up because the puddles they're drinking out of are so toxic that it's destroying their bodies. And it's day and day of that and you're driving through the desert at night and at a certain point there's just a feeling of being
1: completely awake to the world. And I... Feel we are in that time.
0: I feel we are in that time. We are in a time where we can turn down rabbit holes and distract ourselves. We can do that. Some you know, sometimes it feels like distraction removes us from our pain, but or suffering. But distraction is just a more clever, more dishonest version of suffering
1: um we can do that
0: or we can open up to what's being asked of us right now which is to be that awake with what's happening to mother earth with what's happening in our world to be that awake to be so awake that the immensity of life and the suffering of life come together in our bodies and the interesting thing about that kind of awakeness and i think all of us have experienced it in some situation is the energy to meet life is
1: there. In those moments,
0: the energy to meet what's in front of us is just there. If we're willing to let ourselves be in that place. And then the fourth thing about sangha, I think you know, because we talked about not not colluding, but not colluding can have um, a nasty uh, underbelly, (laughs) which is we can start thinking we know what's spiritually good for other people. I'm not going to collude with you because I know what's spiritually good for you.
1: That is nonsense. We don't know what's
0: spiritually good for anybody. I mean, we know the Dharma. That's good for people. But in the specifics, we don't know. And so, this bringing not knowing to, to what were the things I said, to, sorry, to showing up, taking responsibility, not colluding, to bring this not knowing heart to it as well, which is when we're not colluding to also know that we don't know what's going on.
1: In our not colluding, we don't know um,
0: what should unfold in those moments. It's, it is scary not to collude because we want people to be our friends you know, and when we don't collude, they're not happy. Sometimes, they're not very happy with us. And in some situations, it's not particularly useful to not collude, because if we don't feel that there's, a, this is not sangha, I'm saying in other parts of our lives, not colluding may not be the safest or wisest thing to do. But, um, but with sangha, not colluding, it just may be that people are irritated with us don't like us very much fine you know whatever it is because we we kind of all until practice really gets into our marrow want people to collude
1: and so the ones who don't are frustrating so to be in that situation and to be in
0: that um the the, the sometimes the difficulty of showing up and taking responsibility and not colluding, we have to have not not knowing there too. And um, because we don't know what's going on. So that means we just have to have our heart open to what's going to arise in moments when we're not just going down the unconscious karmic habit pattern that we've learned another time. And man, that is what we need now as a species. Is to not go down the same karmic habit pattern again.
1: We need this in Sangha and we need this in the world and we need this as a species if we're going to survive. And so, um, and of course, all
0: of this, all of this showing up, taking responsibility, not colluding, not knowing underpin all of it it all has to be wrapped in compassion and love it all has to be wrapped in a deep heartfelt desire for the suffering of everyone we meet to end and the love that is born of allowing ourselves to be in deep connection with them the risk of being in deep connection with them the risk to the separate self because
1: ultimately love is our death Love is the
0: death of separation. And separation is the thing that we're holding on to for dear life, even though it's killing us. And so we have to um separation's killing us, but it's but losing it feels like we'll die. And the several self will die into that love. Will. So we risk everything to be in love
1: with each other. We risk everything.
0: But that um I think maybe just just as in this time when it is so hard, and and we have to do some things as a sangha. I think we have to come together and have some conversations because we don't know what this COVID business is gonna do. It still doesn't look very stable. So we have to have some conversations, some deep, loving, risky conversations about how we're gonna be a Sangha. That's gonna have to happen. Um and how we're gonna meet some of the needs of the community and so on. And But through that, these ways of being with each other and with ourselves, I want to show up for myself. I wanna take responsibility. I wanna not collude with myself and I don't wanna think I know anything. I wanna give up knowing in that way. That's what actually allows me to wake up and heal and be Available for myself and other people. And so, for all of us to kind of bring that together when we're interacting with each other, when we're bringing the pain of our isolation, when we're bringing the pain of the world to one another, and it's so easy to just like run away with our emotions, to just stop and feel our breath and be with one another in a way that is awake, that heals those emotions rather than just indulges them or denies them and um, and I believe we'll find our way through because I believe the dharma is strong enough for this moment I have no doubt about that and I believe that this sangha has the capacity for our collective commitment to the dharma to be strong enough for this moment
1: and I'll just stop there and
0: send my love to all of you. And thank you for um, thank us all for being here together and showing up for each other.
1: We need each other's love. So thank you.